Welcome to the Cornerstone Pastors Podcast. You have a new host this year. His name is Matt. I am your host this year. It's 2021. And with me are Scott. I'm just going to let him get it out of his system. <laughs> is that what this is? <laughs> How many takes? <laughs> well, All right. I think people tune in for this. There, 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 there's a, a group of people that... We haven't gotten there yet. We haven't gotten to the part that they tune in for yet. The We're fu- almost the, there. The funny part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. We're almost there. You feel good? feel good. All right. Welcome to the Pastor's Podcast. This is Pastor Scott with our new host, Pastor Matt. It's 2021. New host. New theme. New podcast. Or it's the same old Pastor's Podcast with Pastor Matt and Pastor Brian. Hey. Brian said we're, we're rusty. Are we rusty? I don't know. This is like our fourth take. We've been here for a long time. <laughs> this one this better work. We better stick with microphone. it. Brian, is it good enough? To be fair, we're always here for a long time before we actually. No one start. knows that though. No one knows how many takes it 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 takes. <laughs> so, so what, what? Yeah, what they don't know is is that we use the Welcome to the Pastors podcast, and then we skip thirteen minutes. <laughs> of Matt just rambling <laughs> before we finally uh, now here here's the real question would you rather me tell 13 minutes of jokes while recording a podcast that just get edited out or me trying all of those jokes in a sermon at some point which you cannot edit out oh no this is definitely better this is definitely better this exactly definitely count better. your blessings <laughs> Wait, so this is the pressure release valve for, for all the jokes yeah maybe Maybe it is. Maybe it is. <laughs> All right. So it's been a while since Oh, we, we took about a month, a little over a month off from the podcast, but it's been even longer than that since the three of us have been together in this context. Brian's taken a lot of time off. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been a long. This is only the second time the three of us have been in the same vicinity together in like two months. Since like Halloween. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's long. That's longer than two months. Yeah. Almost That's three months. Almost three months. Almost three months. It's good to see you guys. What's yeah. going on, Brian? What, yeah. what What's you, new? What are you doing? I was just relaxing. How's oh. Tahiti? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> easy to travel right now. So, yeah, just kind of relaxing. You do, I, you do look tanner. doesn't take a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's just because he's angry. That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's, all. That's all that is. Uh, uh, so how how are you feeling? I'm I'm good. Let's let's uh, give, let's give it the church an update. So how's yeah, Brian so feeling? I, I I gave the uh, the rundown in the sermon I preached a few weeks ago, but the twenty minute intro. Yeah, the, <laughs> just nothing but teeth. <laughs> I've got so many teeth jokes. Yeah, the, I mean the the short version is I had a crown removed, and somehow when the temporary crown got put on before they put that permanent one on, uh, some weird infection got into the gums. And they didn't know what was going on. And I guess it got all the way under the tooth, but no one could see that. And so there was gum stuff that happened. And then there was like a root canal in two pieces because maybe that was the problem, even though it already had a root canal and just tons of um, debilitating pain. Like it was, it was pretty bad. Um, it wasn't pretty bad. It was really bad. Uh, mm. I, I tend to joke about it now because it's kind of behind me, but it was really awful um, because it was just so... Like just the, I, I don't know how to describe the level of pain um, that was just radiating all around my face and my head that Advil could help with, but it never really went away. So there was probably two months of just constant pain um, that 
would sort of get mitigated sometimes during the day um, with drugs. So not Tahiti. It was not Tahiti. Okay, all right. I yeah. mean, at some Just point, whether or the, rumor, the rumor was untrue. The rumor was unsubstantiated. Untrue. <laughs> yeah, there were some. There were some pictures that were circulating. That is this Brian in Tahiti? No, no, that's just Bernie Sanders <laughs> and his mittens on a beach. <laughs> yeah, that that sounds. The mittens looked comfortable. They did. They did. So uh, no, so I was not in Tahiti. Um, and yeah, so my wife was just kind of wearing it with five kids who are hard to hard to wrangle, um, even beyond kind of normal five kid hard in some ways. And so, yeah, eventually I went from the you know the dentist to the endodontist, the root canal guy, and then my cheek swelled up, looked like a softball. So he sent me to the oral and maxillary facial surgeon, um, who's got both an MD and a DDS. So he's kind of like the guy. Um, oh, and then I went to uh, the pain specialist. Like, there's some magician. This guy—that's what they call them. The pain, the pain specialist. Believe it or not, his name is Doctor Grin. That's his legit. That's his legitimate given name. Doctor Grin. Doctor Grin, and he's um, probably in his fifties, and he's like he's born somewhere in Eastern Europe. He's got an Eastern European accent, and so it's very different than like when I hear Doctor Grin, I imagine some guy bounding in, you know, relatively young and tall and very charismatic and you know like telling me tell me how he's gonna help me now this guy came in like like sherlock holmes looking to he's like trying to figure out if my shoulders are lined up right there's a whole thing so he was trying to figure out with your shoulders are lined up yeah right? because he sees all like he sees people who can't figure out what's wrong why they're in pain what were your shoulders lined up right shoulders were uh now i'm kind of insecure are my shoulders point, lined up right <laughs> it's hard to say how would that have anything to do with your teeth? Uh, it Because he does all sorts, any kind of pain in the neck, jaw, and head. So oh. from migraines to TMJ to whatever else. And at that point, no one had any idea why I was in pain. And that was kind of the hard part was like, there was no, it wasn't like, oh, here's what's wrong. No one had any idea why. Everyone's looking at me going like, you should be fine. Um, dentally, you're fine. Medically, you're fine. There's a lot of fine. I actually got a, bl- a blood test at one point. Because I, I was felt feverish. Mm-hmm. And so I went to Kaiser in the middle of COVID, right? So like mm-hmm. going into urgent care and it's, they bring me in, they give me the COVID test. And the guy's like, there's really no reason to think that you have any kind of infection in your blood. I'm like, I get that. Can you just rule stuff out for me? It's like, well, I can give you like the blood panel. Like, perfect. Let's do the blood panel. So I go in <laughs> and the nurse, the nurse guy comes in and he has two carts full, <laughs> full of stuff because they had to do draws out of both arms oh like, like they did everything so i know oh all sorts gosh. of stuff about myself right now that wow I'm, but yeah so no one had any idea so they sent me to the pain specialist because he's the, the the guy that figures out why you're hurting mm. um and he couldn't figure it out he thought it was dental he did this weird ct scan thing uh, and eventually after i get this sort of cut in my cheek to drain this infection that was in there that made my face swell up the they found bone loss in around the tooth and so the surgeon's like, I think we should take the tooth out regardless because I can't really put that bone back and it's better to have an implant. And it's when they took it out that he was like, oh yeah, huge infection in there. Like I, I cleaned it out and you should be good to go. But it was so it was a couple of months before there was any kind of sense of like, oh, here's why. Um, yeah, I mean, so. and, and, and the combination of not knowing and head pain, like head, head pain just like doesn't mess with your mind. Yeah, once I once I dialed in how to use um, 
like the like Advil and Tylenol the right way without overdosing, but getting kind of close to the line, uh-huh. I was able to function a little more. Like I was a little more back in the land of the living. But yeah, there were before that because you can overdose on these things pretty easily if you're not careful. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there were. I mean, you guys came by one day, yeah, yeah. Um, probably, probably after the hardest day where it was just. I'm either going to overdose on painkillers or I'm not going to be able to sit down or breathe or it was just, I felt like that was narrowing down. And so even when I got some relief, it was a you're just waiting for the next bit of pain. Like, you know, it's Mm -hmm. coming. And so it's almost like a guillotine over your, over your head. Mm -hmm. You're waiting for it to drop. And so, yeah, it was um, right now. It's all in the, it feels like the strange episode in my life. But when I was in the middle of it, it was, it was different than I'd ever, I mean, Mm. anything I've ever experienced. Yeah. Insane, but now, now you feel fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just missing a tooth now, and I feel fine. And like, it's such a weird, the idea that they could have just extracted the tooth in the beginning and we could have avoided all that is kind of an. I mean, I'm not like bitter about it, but it's yeah. interesting that like, yeah, w- there actually was a source of this that wasn't. Because there was questions: is it is it like nerve damage? Hmm. There's a weird nerve that runs in your face, and for a while, it's like that's the only solution because there's nothing wrong. So mm-hmm. like, there must be it must be nerve problems, and if that's true then you're just this is your life now yeah. you know and like and you got to figure out how to mitigate it somehow yeah did you um did the tooth fairy come <laughs> <laughs> took away the pain yeah Important. i mean <laughs> yeah i didn't get like five dollars or anything oh you didn't get five dollars under your five dollars five dollars you know i i said that because what? i feel like i read somewhere that was like the national average and it blew my mind what yeah like a dollar or maybe something from the 99 cent store i thought you know i the, the tooth fairy gives out dollar bills in our house which yeah. i thought was like excessive yeah it feels generous yeah it's supposed to be coins yeah right is, is this how <laughs> this feels all of a sudden very crotchety <laughs> i actually uh the tooth fairy in my house leaves a note of chores to do the next day <laughs> so you get dishes after you, you get dishes. lose a molar <laughs> so well my kids are not happy just in general. They, yeah, they don't yeah, tell yeah. you when they lose teeth. I mean, particularly about the Tooth Fairy, but just yeah, in yeah. general. It, they don't like it when you turn things that are supposed to be like joyful into harsh, critical punishments. But you know what? It's good for them. Yeah, it's good. It's good for <laughs> the them. The idea that Owen has like three or four baby teeth stashed away somewhere because he didn't want to tell you. Because he didn't want to do chores. He didn't want to do chores. <laughs> but he won't be soft. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. The problem is if you lose a tooth at a grandparent's house. And the grandparents are more generous than the normal tooth fairy. That's where you got to be careful. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, uh, this happened to me. Yeah, like recently. Yeah, and the tooth fairy left a twenty. Oh, jeez. I'm like, what? What? Like, you like that? And that's for all your future teeth y- y- that y- might y- fall out I, too. Y- you know what I? You know what I told? I, I just I just reinforced the I just reinforced the uh, the uh, image in their head. I said, yeah, this is what it's like to live in the suburbs. <laughs> Did you really? I feel like this might be like a like an endless cycle though. Mm-hmm. Like I saw some video of like parents that were pretending to go through their their kid's house like once their kids were old enough uh-huh. and they like brush their teeth and spit into the mirror and then like, <laughs> you know, like they like yeah threw dishes on the ground and like, yeah. like, put ketchup on the wall. Like maybe that's just, you know, how you do this. The average cash gift for a tooth according to a national survey Taken in 2020 is four dollars and three cents. There you go. Wow, that's the average. The world. So we're. I mean, if we're given a dollar, that means 
that means someone else give it ten. Else you know, dude. I that four dollars is shocking to me. I find that shocking. All right, is so, this riveting audio? This right is. Now? Is so this the, re- the reason, but the reason we wanted to talk about this actually, I wanted to in, in the second episode we're going to talk about uh, plans for the podcast and things like that over the course of the uh, next few months. But I did want to create some space. Number one, just to give a little bit of an update, even just an update on UB and how things are going. But also in light of that, it's I mean, it's been quite a couple of months just overall and i thought it'd be i thought it'd be encouraging even just for us to share with one another about what the lord's been teaching us um we haven't even had that much time together and i figured that the church um our church family getting to be a part of that as well uh would be encouraging i i think both in the midst of that trial for you and in the midst of everything else going on in the world and in um our church and our church family i I just love to spend a little bit of time today talking about what the Lord has been teaching us. Maybe what the Lord has been teaching us through the this season, and um, even maybe for you, be particularly through that trial. I think it's it's sometimes simplistic. I think sometimes people come out of a struggle like that, and they're like, "Okay, what was the Lord teaching me?" Sure, right? Like, what's the lesson I was supposed to learn? And I don't. I think, I think it's an oversimplification that sometimes we fall into, and so it might actually be helpful. To think about the things that the I, maybe the way I would put it is the ways that the Lord has been redeeming it, and even redeeming the last couple of months in all of our lives in in ways that we can see. There's probably a whole host of different ways we can't see, but what are the ways that we that we have seen what He's um, making clear to us in um, in our various contexts? So, well, since we got an update from you, why don't we start with you? Yeah, that's an interesting question, because um, you're right. There's not a, you know, here's here's the here's the thing that you learn, you know, when you walk away. Um, especially because it was it was so, uh, I was so underwater, and like that level of pain makes it hard to think. Mm. Um, not hard, nearly impossible. Uh, um, and so, yeah, you couldn't like go like everyone's like go 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 lay down. Like I can't. Like I need to pace. I need yeah. to, you know. Um, and so uh, there was a lot of one thing. So one thing that was it's interesting when you when that happens to you, um, I'd sp- I spent a significant amount of my day um, at trying to wait as long as I could before taking more medication, um, because again you can overdose. Like mm. you only have so much, and so you need to basically know you're going to have to wear it for some time. And then once you take it, there's this weird thing mentally that happens where you you just took it. So you just kind of gave in in a sense, which is okay. That's what you're supposed to do. Um, but it takes 20 minutes or 30 minutes to feel the edge come off. And then another 30 minutes to get somewhere that's not, you know, really crazy. Um, and then it's another 30 minutes. For me, it was another 30 minutes or hour before it was back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there would be a lot of pacing, just like holding my face and waiting and waiting and waiting and just muttering things to myself and just mm-hmm. trying to to get there um and and uh, or just to kind of let to, to to make my make the time you know every second felt like a second that needed to go past uh and in those moments there are weird things that happen where you do start thinking especially when you're like okay is this my life now like is this is this a, n- a nerve pain 
that whether through being a diabetic or whatever, like, is this kind of what is going to be my future, you know? And so you start thinking that way, which can be a dark place in certain ways because it's so strong. Mm. Um, it's not like a nagging pain. Um, and, uh, and so it was, I would find myself thinking oddly enough in these times of real intense pain and pacing and just muttering and head down and, um, like it, at some level, it, it's actually oddly analogous to when I had like infants in the house, um, where it's three in the morning. When you had, yeah, I have a toddler now. Like like when I had, I've I've had five, right? So, mm-hmm. so he's, he's not waking up in the middle of the night anymore. But when when they would wake up, like like Quinn woke up like every half hour, mm-hmm. like for a while, for like months, and it was just like, and so that burn in your eyes, mm-hmm. and there's this moment where you realize, like you you pray for the kid to sleep. And you realize how easy it would be for God to make the kid sleep. Mm. And he's not. Mm. Right? And, and it was a very similar but much more intense feeling here, or just thought here. It's like, this is clearly not apart from God's power to, to remove this. Like, without any, it's not like it takes, it's not, not strenuous for him to do so. And it's clearly not like he had to make it happen in the first place. So, and you're in, so you're in this, and, and what, I, it's a really weird thing. But I found myself reckoning with all the things we teach about suffering and everything else um, and God's sovereignty over, you know, his creation and his love for us. And I would find my, you know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know how helpful this is, frankly, but I, there were times where what I would mutter would be something along the lines of, um, you're worth it, I want you more, um, I, sometimes they weren't words, but there was just a sense of you're looking at something in this grand scope. Like it, it's the intensity is ratcheted all the way up. And in the, it's in those moments. I think it's in those moments of extremity across the board. I mean, I, I, I think these ways when um, I mean, I was there for both of you when you're when your mom's passed, mm. um, you know, it matters more suddenly in certain ways. Um, there are ways when the extremity of life gets turned up and you're, you're not apart from it reflecting on it. You're in the midst of the intensity of it. Mm-hmm that you find yourself reckoning with what do you really care about? What do you really want? Like, what is your life really about? Like, what, what is there for you? And oddly enough, without me feeling like I was making that happen or like trying to like grow in the midst of the, <laughs> there's none of the, there's no lesson learning. It was just a sense of, it actually is true. I, I, I don't have to tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, you land on this hard, cold slab of reality that God is, who he says he is and this is what he's allowed to come into your life and as much as you would want to change anything and everything you're not looking to change him hmm. and that that does something to you at kind of a deep formative level that did not make any of my life better in that moment mm-hmm. none of it was like oh good there was no change it mm-hmm. was just there's something to that um did you did you were there were there doubts? I'm, I'm I'm thinking about it from someone who's listening in and kind of yeah. like yeah, I get that. That's why about it's like, oh, you know, like it? yeah, like were there were there times when like does that ever trans did that transition to where where are you? Like it sounds like you're landing on the cold, you know, uh, hard yeah. slab of reality and turning to God in the midst of that, even though it doesn't solve all the practical realities for you. But were there like why like wh- i guess the the transition to why what yeah. in the world 
that normally happens <clears throat> when the pain's gone. Mm. Um, not necessarily for not necessarily for me. It was in a way that pain never quite left. So there were ways that you felt like you were in the mid, in the midst of it. There was it wasn't reflecting on it because um, you didn't really have time for that. Uh, you were always in it. But um, I think that and I think that's a fascinating thing that a lot of the time when we uh, doubt or question, it's almost always from a place of some kind, oddly enough, some kind of comfort, mm. some kind of ability to distance yourself from what's going on. Mm. Um, not always. I can't, I can't say yeah. always, but I think a lot of the time it's when you have a moment to stop and look around that you start asking why. But when you're in, when you don't have that moment, um, I find there's a, there's a, an internal reaction that reaches out. Now, different situation, I could see myself reacting very differently. <laughs> but that, that would be, I, I, I didn't in those moments, I think for that reason, that there wasn't time. When you're, you know, when you're falling off a cliff, it's an extreme example. When you're falling off a cliff, like you, you grab at the thing that you think is going to hold you and you trust it because that's the thing that you think is going to hold you. You'd, you only start wondering, you know, whether it's going to hold you or not when you have a second to think. Um, and that's in a way, that's kind of how it how it felt. But I, I find that those there have been a few moments in my life where I've had a similar reaction. I don't live my life there. Um, that kind of sense and awareness and perspective is not where I lived the majority of my life by any stretch. But there have been a few very extreme moments of my life where I find that same reaction happening. And I find myself equally um equally surprised by it it doesn't it, you know it's not um there's not yeah. a lot of me redirecting my thought or heart to those things mm -hmm. it's what appears um in the moment yeah so there's a lot, lot, lots of other things we could say or we could talk about yeah. but you know it's, it's it's really interesting because reflecting on i mean it's interesting to reflect on that that season those couple of months but particularly those i mean it was weeks where it was particularly intense and for you um it, it's it, it was it's interesting interesting to reflect because it's been a it's been a while since that acutely with someone that close i i felt so powerless hmm. um and because i felt like i there, there was so much i wanted to do and, um, but it felt like th there wasn't, but there wasn't really anything to do. And COVID complicated that yeah. by the fact that it wasn't helpful for, you know, uh, yeah, to, there's a lot of things that normally might even be helpful that in this particular season weren't, wouldn't be. And, you know, it made you guys need to be more cautious because, you know, if, if while you're in the midst of this, Chrissy like caught COVID, we, you know, like, yeah, we'd, it's a real, tr so, um, but it, it also was interesting because it felt like a microcosm in some ways of even some of the last year. And I know it, it, you could relate that, but for me, it, um, I, it felt weird on a Thursday after evening to be like, uh, I'm going to like watch a movie with my wife like we're, we're gonna go get takeout i'm gonna watch a movie with my wife like we're gonna hang out we're gonna joke around with the kids and i know like two blocks away brian is writhing in pain like right and it, and it, it makes you feel like oh well should i not watch the movie like should i like you know what I, I, what do i do with feeling uh 
blessed in this moment when those around me are struggling. Um, and, and I think that's actually, a, a, it's something that I, I've felt uh, in this season at, at large as well. When, and I think a lot of people have struggled with, like, what, wait, what do I do if 2020 wasn't the worst year of my life? Right, like what? What do I do if this was like inconvenient and hard and a struggle, but like not horrible? Um, and I, I the, the temptation is to just like not say anything. Number one, number two, the and and to hide it and just kind of feel this low level guilt. Number one, N- number two is to come up with some weird theological interpretations. Right, like oh. Brian must be so much more godly than me because he's getting tested in this way, mm-hmm. right? It's almost like the reverse of like, oh, oh, if, if I have blessing, that means I'm more godly. You're like, oh, no, no, if I have blessing, that means I'm less godly. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, and and so so you, you, I mean, and you can go either way with it. Like you can come up with weird interpretations, all sorts of different. Like what sin did Brian do? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, and, yeah, on the opposite side, obviously. <laughs> And, and what's, what's interesting is I think through this and particularly even just over the last couple of months in a number of different ways, I feel like the Lord has been reminding me of the, um, of the immensity of his goodness and the complexity of his grace that, that we, we meet him in blessing and enjoy we meet him in desperation and in and in pain and in, in, in some ways like he does want us to live our lives increasingly dependent like cognizant aware of him every second of the day um at, at the same time there there is something unique about what that that dependence that he offers in the most intense and difficult moments that he's also not necessarily trying to say, come on, if you were, you know, Christian enough, if you were solid enough, you, this is what every moment would be like. Mm-hmm. Um, and step by step, just teaching us. And, and so it, it reminds me both of, it, he's been teaching me to both accept his goodness, accept his blessing, accept his grace, um, whether it's intangible or in the spiritual ways accepting the the magnificence of my identity in him um and also then asking okay lord how how do i steward that how do i love other how how do i how do i choose to sacrifice i think the, the temptation of blessing is to take it and then try to keep it and try to guard against ever losing it which again, is like a impossibility. Um, but there's a way in which God, I mean, it makes me think of first Timothy six, right? Where he says, God's given us everything we have to enjoy and calls us being to, to be generous and ready to share like this, this, this enjoyment of what he grants to us, whether it's physically or, um, relationally or circumstantially the the willingness to both accept it and then to steward it in such a way that is like at every moment ready to sacrifice it to sacrifice that blessing for the sake of others for the sake of passing it 
to the next person for the sake of um, loving others through it and with it. Um, I just feel like there's a really, there's an interesting nuanced um, dynamic to blessing that on the flip side, I feel like the Lord's been teaching me. Does, does that, does that make sense? Does that? Yeah, that tracks. And I think the, um, it, it's, it's a complicated thing. It, we're all, we, we all have different callings put on our lives um, that involve different levels of experience. Like there, there's, and, and, and there's, it's tempting to say, well, let's, we should all make, make everyone and every calling all have an equal experience. Yeah. Um, which there's way you want to love and care, right? Like mm-hmm. you want to, but, but the idea, um, yeah, like there's, I had to, there was a significant amount of time where I was coming to terms with, okay, I'm someone who now has chronic pain. Mm. Like, so this, so this is maybe there's some things that can mitigate this a little more, but this is what the, I'm, I'm now part of a group of people who for some reason or other have been handed chronic pain as part of their life experience for some mm-hmm. amount of time. Um, and that's a unique calling with mm-hmm. a unique, and there's unique, oddly enough, unique blessings that come with that, that mm-hmm. I experience. They don't mitigate. They don't, they don't take it away. They don't make it yeah. like better. Um, but they're real. And they're they're And when I think of you, you know, down the street, it's humbling to be cared for that way. Mm-hmm. And the reaction is like, you better enjoy the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you know, like, yeah, yeah. and so there's, there's ways that, um, as much as I do want to say, we, we need to be in this together. And there's ways that we support each other in it. We support each other in the callings. And we help each other live out those callings faithfully and well. Mm. We don't try and take the callings away. Mm-hmm. Um, we do try and handle when it's not a calling, it's, you know, sin or injustice. Or, you know, there's, there's ways in which we do need to interact because not yeah. everything is just a calling. You just like say, oh, okay, well, whatever. We just play the yeah. hand you're dealt. The world's a crazy place. At the same time, like there, there are ways that we're going to have different growth experiences and different things we're called to at any given moment in time. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to lean in to those callings and not out. Um, if we're going to be faithful to what God's given to us, mm-hmm. that's a complicated thing to say and takes a lot of wisdom to know how. And that's why you also need people in your life. But I think it makes a ton of sense to wonder how do I navigate, how do I steward the things that I've been handed in my calling? And you, you, you steward pain as much as you steward pleasure. Mm. You steward poverty as much as you steward riches. Um, that's not to say that the people with the, with the riches don't help people in poverty. It's just to say that we're we're all stu- we're all stewarding something. We're all being faithful in something in the moment. We need, we need to live in that as we go. Can you explain the idea of steward? Yeah, I think that you're um, you're handed a situation every day that in some ways you ought to be striving to alter. So in some ways, you know, you wake up and you find yourself, you know, in the in sin of some, you know, you're supposed to be striving to say, I don't want to sin that way anymore. You know, you're supposed to be putting off and putting on all these things we talk about, you're supposed to be loving God more than, you, you know, than the day before. Um, at the same time, there are lots of things that you're handed that, that are contexts in which you strive. And I think being faithful in those. So a context might be like, I woke up this morning with a lot of young children and it was very hard to watch the service. I was in the midst of handling three or four tantrums at a time. Um, it was very hard. And now at some point I can say, that's not the way it's supposed to be. Well, yeah, kind of right. Like it's, a, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be nice if like in, in a sense, ideally, there's ways in which your family is structured and people are behaving in such a way that you can on a Sunday morning in a crazy COVID time. At the same time, it's also not ideal that we're watching it on a video from our house, but that's how we woke up. 
And so regardless of what you ought to be attempting to alter over the long haul to make the world a better place, to love God and love people more, you wake up in a context in which you have to live in that context that day. And how you choose to do that is, is you're handed something to be faithful and to steward in that sense. Mm-hmm. And so that, so for me this morning was about, I've got, th- this too is a calling. How am I going to handle the kids that I feel like are impeding, you know, what I want right now? Mm-hmm. Now, maybe there's a long-term re- reality in which they can grow out of that, or that maybe there's ways that I led into that. There's all sorts of things that you can talk about change. We tend to focus on change more than we talk about faithfulness. And so, and there was a season where I was in really crazy pain. It probably wasn't supposed to be that way in the way we tend to use that term, right? Mm. It's not supposed to be like this. Humans aren't supposed to just be in nonstop pain all the time. Mm. Um, but I was handed that that day and for those months. Mm-hmm. And so while it's fine to want to get out of it, mm-hmm. at some point there's also a question of what am I going to do while I'm in it? Mm-hmm. And those were the things where I where I found the most growth for myself. Not even growth, just the most awareness and perspective and reality anchoring. And so in that sense, yeah, like we're, we all need to love. And I felt loved in that. Mm-hmm. There were ways in which you guys woke up in a situation where one of your good friends was really hurting. Mm-hmm. There is a faithfulness that needs. So there's, there's all that there. Yeah. Um, but that, when I say stewardship, that's kind of what I mean. Is it, it's not we're not always just trying to get out of where we are into something better. There's ways in which that's true, and at the exact same time, it's true that we need to live into where we are now. Mm-hmm. And both can be true at the same time. I think we tend to pick one. Mm-hmm. That meandered, but I think it yeah. relatively sort of answered the question. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. I think it's a, um, an, an interesting dynamic to even think through what what faithfulness looks like in those in those different things. And I think that, that we see symptoms of the <clears throat> of not viewing it that way or not handling it that way in all sorts of different ways. You know, for for me, uh, it manifests in a lot of times in unrighteous anger, uh, right? Like particularly with my kids, right? Like when I get angry with my kids and and, and unrighteously so, right? It's because that they have violated my desires, and and I'm I'm not looking to steward the situation i'm not looking to disciple them through the situation and walk in faithfulness through the situation i i'm looking to the like quickest way out humanly possible and i think there's all sorts of situations that we can find ourselves in that like going to the doctor every day or multiple times a day right during those weeks right there's there's things we ought to be doing engaging in and and receiving help to change the situation. Uh, but there's also an internal response um, that is either that I, I know for me is either th- that whole pursuit is either has God as its center or it's me just trying to, you know, manipulate the situation as quickly as possible to accord to my own desires right to, to, to the to the indulgence of the flesh um you know like we talked about uh, over the last couple of weeks in the sermons if that makes sense so. what do you think maddie i feel like there's there's might be shades we're leaving out of this this is one of those weird ones where we're kind of talking around an issue that we didn't <laughs> yeah <laughs> just kind of, it's really complicated <laughs> i mean what do you what goes through your head when you hear all this stuff yeah i, I don't know it's interesting i think maybe over the last five or six years, one of the things that most consistently I've 
been meditating on in um in in my spiritual life has been the ideas of uh suffering or injustice and thinking about the reality of things that are happening every day mm-hmm. um every day in our city every day in our world every day with people i love and know and with people i don't know and have no idea anything about and thinking about the fact that at all times at every moment there is horrible suffering going on in this world there's never it's uniquely brought to our attention when brian is hurting with tooth pain in in some ways um and by the way i was fine i had no problem enjoying movies (laughs) i i actually didn't even think about you i was like oh yeah brian's hurting but my movie is great so i hope that fits in with what you were suggesting scott do yes Pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty pretty much. No, but but I mean... It, I, I threw up a prayer on my way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this pad thai is so good. Oh, I hope Brian's okay. I don't know this pad... It's... Oh. Anyways. Um, <clears throat> anyways. Uh, no, but but the truth is, at every moment, right? At, in, in the most joyful moments of your life, the mm-hmm. best, the most amazing circumstantial things that could ever happen to you in your life. The times where you're like just overwhelmed with joy, there is suffering all around you. And so we live in this reality Mm. um, in a pandemic with close friends suffering. We live in this reality at all points that is the highs and lows of humanity. We also at the same time have incredible joy because of, who we are in Christ and what God has done for us. And so you have these, I feel like, I guess what I'm trying to say is I feel like over the last five years, my emotional swings have been higher and lower um, Mm. in the sense of weeping over injustices and suffering that is all over the place in this world and soaring with joy and learning more about who God is. And those two things aren't competing and they're not um, inconsistent and they're not, um, they're not things that, uh, uh, yeah. With close friends suffering, we live in this reality at all points that is the highs and lows of humanity. We also at the same time have incredible joy because of who we are in Christ and what God has done for us. And so you have these, I feel like, I guess what I'm trying to say is I feel like over the last five years, my emotional swings have been higher and lower mm. um, in the sense of weeping over injustices and suffering that is all over the place in this world and soaring with joy and learning more about who God is. And those two things aren't competing and they're not um, inconsistent and they're not, um, they're not things that uh, uh, fight against one another. They're things that are part of what it means to be fully human in Christ. I think mm-hmm. the way that he wants us to, to live, to weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. And there's something fundamentally um, gospel about it. Right. Um, Fundamentally, in the gospel, we have the most intense condemnation of sin and evil in the world. God himself nailed to a cross. And in the cross, in the gospel, we have the greatest hope and joy for eternity. And those two things meet in the same exact place. And so there's something really, I don't know, as you guys were thinking, or as you guys were speaking, I was just thinking about and reflecting on kind of broader beyond pandemic related things. I I think that's part of what it means to be a Christian in this world is to not hide from suffering, not, you know, uh, pretend like it doesn't exist, 
come face to face with it in our own lives as you know, God does that and gives us different callings, maybe in different seasons or maybe for extended seasons, but also opening our eyes to the hurt and pain of the world around us mm. while at the same time soaring in joy and resting in him and deepening our love for him and our understanding of his love for us simultaneously. That's part of what it means to be a Christian. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's so helpful. And it, it, it reminds me, I, I think people, I, I get the question, uh, every now and then uh, from people about asking about how, like, how do you manage like as a pastor, hearing people suffering, walking with people through the hardest, most painful parts of their lives. And then, you know, you, you have to go home every night and still like be with your kids and, uh, you know, minister to your wife and, and enjoy the beach. And, you know, whatever it is, enjoy the weekend or what, like, how, how do you, how do you not, how does it not just completely overwhelming? And I think sometimes there is suffering and we do see something and it is overwhelming, but what it reminds me of Maddie is the fact that I, you could call it compartmentalization, but I don't think that's it. I don't think it's like, Oh, I just like close that door and put it in a piece. It, it's like a contextualization where, where everything we experience is put into this, reality of both the the fallenness and suffering and pain in the world and the joy of the the joy we have in Christ but not just that the even the joy of his blessings in this life like like life is incredibly life in this fallen and being redeemed world is incredibly filled with joy and enjoyment and incredibly filled with pain and suffering and i think that sometimes when we're overcome by one or the other or fixated on one or the other, it's because we we haven't set our eyes on the things that are above in a way, maybe even recently, in a way that helps give us that that larger context, right? When it's all about enjoyment and we're trying to like keep enjoyment, it's because we're, we're trying not to look at the suffering and we're trying to pretend it's not there. And that that's actually not the path to true joy. At the same time, when all we see is the pain and the suffering and we, we we're almost like darkened to the, the, the joy and the light. There's ways in which our, our eyes have been captivated by the things on this earth and, and not the things that are above that, um, that draw our eyes up. And, and there is this richly complex experience that is the Christian life that we're in Christ because of the gospel. I think I love your, your phrase. It's gospel-y, right? Because of the gospel, we have the ability, uni we uniquely, uniquely among humanity, have the ability to courageously look at the darkest parts of the world and not be overcome by it and also experience the height of joy, of, of human joy, um, and not be um, desensitized by it. Um, and I, th I think that as we grow in that, and it, even in... I don't know the even maybe the increasing ex emotional experiences you talked about, Matt. I, I think that in a lot of ways that's what it's like to increasingly continue to become more and more like Christ. This this divine, uh, the, the the perfect divine humanity. Mm. I think a lot of people put um, suffering or joy. They they put them on two ends of like a seesaw. They compete. Or they ask, because I get that question too, yeah. you know, um, and I think people ask that 
which makes sense. I think it's how all of us, it's a relatively default or natural way to think, but like there's, it's almost like the love tank idea. Like, you know, like when you see hard things, it depletes you. So mm. you, like when you see good things, it fills you up. And so there's this kind of war between, mm. and then you're caught in the middle. If you see too many hard things, then you're not in a good place. If you see a lot of good things, you are in a good place. And so like our, you know, occupational hazard, we see a lot mm. of hard things. And so how, how do you handle that? Yeah. Um, and I think by being thrust into it, um, a, it's I and I can I know I can speak for you guys. Like, it's not a burden no. to walk with people through suffering. No. It's like an honor and a privilege. I mean, yeah. like you're being invited oh. into something really deep and, so uh, it, yeah, you're you're like kind of treading on sacred ground when someone invites you into something hard. Mm. Um, that's not a given just because you have a job title. I, I mean, yeah. there's so we we kind of want to reverence that in the mm. lives of people. So it's not like oh man, okay, so now now I have this burden on my back. I've got to figure out a way to handle. Um, but more than that, I think you, what you're doing is as you step into the highs and the lows of the world as it is, you step further into reality and you realize these things do, they don't compete. Mm. The, I mean, in a sense, as a human being, when you're in the midst of intense suffering, you're not in the midst of intense like bliss, usually. Like, it's not like, oh, you, uh, you increase one, you increase the other. Mm-hmm. But it isn't as though when you see more of one, you lose sight of the other. Mm-hmm. Because seeing more of one means you're stepping closer into the reality where they both exist. And I find myself, because of the privilege of being able to be in people's lives um, and, you know, the way that the scripture teaches you to look at your own, I find myself all the more uh, appreciative of the way the world actually is. Not appreciative in the sense of, oh, it's nice, but in the sense of like you you feel a clarity about what's actually going on around you and, and the world as it stands without having this is where the gospel comes in. You don't have to manipulate the data mm-hmm. to make yourself feel okay. Yeah, to give yourself hope. Yeah, yeah. You, you have the ability to, to square up to it in both arenas because they're all, it's a giant cocktail of these things. They're all mixed mm-hmm. together. You can't separate them out. Yeah. And so to see one is to see the other. Just, you, to, you see all the colors. Mm-hmm. And I just find that incredibly, A, compelling as a vision for what it means to be a human. Mm. If you think about what it means for Christ to be fully God and fully human, it means, at least, I mean, it's a lot of things it means, but one of the things it means is that he, as a human being, uh, had the best vantage point of all of those things. He, he was the most immersed in reality, mm. in the realities of human experience than, than any of us have the capacity to be, simply because our sin tends to force us to cut those things off, to, to manipulate them a little bit to serve ourselves. If he has none of that, he has this vantage point where he sees the colors brighter than, than any of us do mm. in all of their awfulness and in all of their beauty. Um, for, and there's, you could more we could say there, but that's, and then you take that to the gospel and you realize we have the ability to mo- move forward in that. So moving forward in the Christian life is not moving into joy away from suffering. It's moving into reality. Yeah. And if Jesus is what it means to be human, then it means becoming more like him in that level of, of open eyes and interaction and immersion in the realities of the world. I, I, I find it beautiful in its hardness and in its difficulty and in its struggle. And like you, Matt, I think there's ways that I am far more prone to have deep emotional, not even swings, but emotions that aren't supposed to go together, find their ways into my life simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't, if you told me that 20, 30 years ago, I wouldn't have known what it's a round square. I don't know what you're talking about. It doesn't make any logical sense. Mm. Um, but reality is what it is. Mm-hmm. And as you follow God into it, you find yourself experiencing things possibly the way he experienced them, at least in some, some measure. Mm. Um, what a beautiful thing to be able to participate in. Yeah. 
so it's it, a lot more there but it, you know I, I i think it's really helpful and i think it uh it's really encouraging and i think it it answers the question what has the lord been teaching you on a lot more uh, on a lot deeper level right because it, it's not like oh he's been you know, he reminded me this verse, which I think sometimes, you know, he reminds you of a verse and you're like, oh, it's like he's teaching me this truth. But I think oftentimes what he's teaching us is a lot more multifaceted than that. He's revealing himself and, and, and building himself, growing himself, transforming us into himself more and more. Um, even in the way that we both understand and experience reality in life. And uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a beautiful thing. This is... This has been a li- little bit meandering of a, a conversation. Answers the question: What has the Lord been teaching you on a lot more, uh, on a lot deeper level, right? Because it, it's not like, oh, he's been, you know, he reminded me this verse, which I think sometimes you know, he reminds you of a verse, and you're like, oh, it's like he's teaching me this truth. But I think oftentimes what he's teaching us is a lot more multifaceted than that. He's revealing himself and and, and building himself, growing himself, transforming uh, us into himself more and more. Um, even in the way that we both understand and experience reality in life, and uh, that's a that's a that's a beautiful thing. This is this has been a li- little bit meandering of a, a conversation, but people like that. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> we say with no audience. That's right. <laughs> I'm not saying all people like that. I'm saying people. There are people there who are like people that. Who like not that. all who wander are lost, <laughs> but some are, and some are, I don't know, are I was, not. I was gonna, I was gonna make some type of wanderlust pun, and it just didn't. This know. is the part where people tune out. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> we we uh, we are excited to be back uh, with one another. Yeah, and we're excited to be. Uh, back with you and excited for what this this season ahead uh, has in store for all of us um, as God continues this work in our church family. And I, I'd encourage if you're listening, th- if you're still listening, if you're still listening after <laughs> yeah, after after Scott's wanderlust thing. Who, no, I, I I would encourage you to ask similar questions with really open-ended answers of the other people in your life. This has been mm. a season where a lot of people don't have talks like this because it feels like, I don't know, y- y- you feel urgency, urgent, the urgent things come to the forefront or it's just hard. I don't want to do it over Zoom or, you know, whatever. Yeah. There's all these reasons why someone might not, not have talked about the last year and, and what they've learned or experienced or what it's been like and just kind of sat around and appreciated the the beauty and the difficulty all at the mm. same time. And if you've, if you haven't done that, I'd encourage you ask someone and talk, have a, have a conversation, maybe in your community group. But th- this is something that um, takes all of our experiences and points them in, in, a, in a way that's it's better pointed than when you started on your own, kind of isolated and thinking about it yourself. And so I know that's been, even just after this conversation, as meandering as it was, I feel more oriented mm-hmm. just having talked about it. Um, and having done a decent amount of the talking, like I, yeah. I feel more oriented. And I think that's something that you could have too, as you listen, um, if we engage at this level spiritually with other people. So I just encourage you to see if that, see if that can happen this week for you and, um, and see if you can, you know, draw some enjoyment out of it. That's good. That's good. All right. Well, thanks for listening. We love you and we'll see you on Sunday.